We're now going to have our reading. So um, Richard, I think, is going to bring our reading to us this morning. of reconciliation that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their, their trespasses to them and has committed to us word of reconciliation for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we may become righteousness of God in him this is the word of the Lord. Um, Praise the Lord. Thanks, Richard. Morning, everyone. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Patrick. Uh, let me just pray. Father, we just thank you for who you are. Thank you that you're here this morning. Thank you that you live the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You live in every one of us that has invited Jesus into our hearts. Thank you. We ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to be released. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, so, I wanted to, you know, in light of what James and Jim have been speaking about over the last uh, three weeks, I wanted to kind of continue in that vein. Um, <clears throat> so, the title of this talk is Feelings versus Truth. And I was excited of what? Dory? said in her testimony just now, because I was thinking, wow, that's it. I don't need to stand up and speak. <laughs> she said it all just there and living, living it out. And that, you know, what she was talking about is essentially the message I wanted to bring. And I feel like, you know, sometimes one does talks, but I feel like this is a preach. And I feel like it's a preach to me. So... Um, you're welcome to listen if you want. But. <laughs> so, Paul in Ephesians 6, the armour of God, he talks about truth, doesn't he? The belt of truth that wraps around the core of who we are. And if we don't have truth, 
then everything else in our lives is just going to be unstable. So we have to know truth. John, by the way, I've got a lot of, lot of uh, scripture, so um, I'll be reading quite a lot of it. So John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is truth, and he's life. So in the reading we've just had, 2 Corinthians 5, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old passed away, behold, the new has come. It's good news. Verse 21, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So it's not, that's not a future thing. That's not a thing when we die, go to heaven. It is a now thing because we are a new creation. Romans 12, 2. This verse, oh my goodness, if we just grasp this, it unlocks everything. So you'll be familiar with it because we talk about it a lot. Do not be conformed to the patterns, to the ways of thinking, to uh, the structures even of this world, but be transformed. And that the word for transformed is also transfigured. And you remember Jesus, when he's transfigured, he was unnaturally glowing white light, be so changed be transformed by the renewal of your dianoia, your mind, your intellect, but also your imagination. And so much of how we live our lives stems from our feelings, our imaginations, our experience. So our experience shapes our feelings, affects our feelings and emotions. Our emotions and feelings affect our experience. And how often do we then shape our belief around those things? So one quick example. It was dubbed the Toronto Blessing. Uh, I think John Arnott would have called it the Father's Blessing, but I think it was the Daily Mail that called it the Toronto Blessing, wasn't it? Something like that. Anyway. Back in 1994, I remember this so clearly. So um, Philly, my wife, was working. She was on staff at Holy Trinity Brompton. And Nikki Gumbel had just gone to a meeting uh, which Ellie Mumford had called a few leaders together. Ellie, the mother of Marcus Mumford of Mumford and Sons. I'm sure you know who that is, don't you? No, there's blank looks around there. Um, she had been to Toronto and had just caught this thing, gathered some leaders, released it to them. Nikki came back to, it was a Tuesday, came back to uh, HTB where the staff meeting had been going. He walks in, explains what had been going on, and so the staff say, well, pray for us. So Nikki goes, come Holy Spirit, <laughs> and all heavens let loose. And I'm not sure how I got that, I must have been coming to pick Philly up, but I walked down into the crypt, it's under the, under the main church, and in this room, this sort of glass walls, I could see all these people and the noise, and people are lying on the floor, and it literally is mayhem. So I walk in there, they sort of beckon me in, I walk in there, think, what is going on? Somebody explains, the Holy Spirit's just turned up. I thought, wow, I'll have some of that. 
and I was sort of sitting on, a, on the edge there, and I, I remember seeing this guy, Tom Peake, walk um, past as well, and he stopped and looked, what's going on? He opened the door and literally fell flat on his face. <laughs> now, this was all going on, and I'm saying, yes, I want some of this. Nothing. I felt nothing. I experienced nothing. And it went on. You know, this wasn't a flash in the pan in our church. It went on for a, for a while, and I genuinely felt nothing. And I kind of walked for many, many years wanting an experience, but never, never experiencing it, never having it, never feeling it. The interesting thing is, so you know we do fire tunnels here quite a lot, particularly if James is leading. There's always a fire tunnel. So I will always go down a fire tunnel going, I need the experience. Give me the experience. Holy Spirit, I just want to do something. You know, does anyone resonate with any of this? And at the conference, um, we had a fire tunnel in June. But this time, I don't know why, but I wasn't thinking that. I was just, I was just, I just walked into it, just praising him. I was so thankful just for him and what he's doing amongst us and doing in my life. And I had my eyes closed and I was walking down there and I could suddenly, I could feel that I was walking a bit odd. <laughs> and um, I then heard um, Lou Decast and Sarah Collison laughing, saying, look at Patrick. And it felt, who knows Monty Python, Ministry of <laughs> Silly Walks with John Cleese. Felt a bit like, I can't get my leg as high as he does, but, but it felt a bit like that. It was just this weird walk. And ever since then, I've just had a, a sort of a funny twitch. I can feel it now, I'm just, and it's not, I'm not feeling electricity going through me or I'm not feeling anything particularly, but there's just a, a, a funny little movement that goes on from time to time. And um, I'm sort of really grateful in a way for it, but what the point of this is, all those years, did I or didn't I have the Holy Spirit living in, in me? All those years when I was thinking, you know, I'm not feeling anything. I'm not feeling, I'm not, you know, other people got amazing manifestations. What's going on? I'm, I've got nothing. Well, Luke 11, 13. If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? 1 Corinthians 6, 17. He who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. 1 John 4, 13. By this we know that we abide in him. Abide in him. And he in us because he has given us of his spirit. So of course the Holy Spirit lived in me. He lives in me. I'm full of it. Always have been from the moment I gave my life to him and invited Holy Spirit in. But I was so trusting in feeling that I missed the truth. So talking of the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, 
self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Past tense. Past tense. And those fruits, now how many of us, sometimes we feel that joy, don't we? And it's just amazing. And then sometimes we don't. And sometimes we're full of peace. And then sometimes we say, oh, I've lost my peace. So, you know, those feelings, when we feel them, are amazing. But I would argue that if you have Holy Spirit living within you, you have all the fruits all the time. But your feelings might well deceive you that they're not there. Ephesians 1, 3 to 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Holy and blameless before him. We've received every spiritual blessing. Ephesians 2, 5 and 6. Because of the great love with which he loves us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We live in two places at once. We are seated with him in heavenly places. But are you feeling like that? Are your feelings sort of saying something different? And it's interesting. Paul just sort of drops into this conversation, this, this letter that he's writing. By grace you have been saved. He literally just drops it in the middle there. And that word saved is the Greek word sozo, which I'm sure you know means saved. Healed, delivered. And, you know, whenever we see delivered, saved, healed throughout the New Testament, it's almost always this word sozo. And it's interesting that it's just sort of rooted in the heart of the gospel. Those three things are truth, are real. But they're very connected to the Died, new life. 1 John 4, 17 says, because as he is, so are we in the world. As he is now. He, so Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, in glory, everything under his feet. As he is now, so are we on the earth. I mean, that is... If you just allow that verse alone to permeate. When we're thinking about healing, I've done this so many times. You know, sometimes you just have, you feel full of faith. And you, right, I'm going to go after this one. And sometimes you're 
just very expectant. You know that you know. And then other times, maybe you've messed up the, earlier that day and you just feel wretched. So there's no expectation if you're going to pray for someone. You don't even want to pray for anyone. But our feelings, again, are affecting who we are and how we should behave. And there's, there's a lot I could say about healing, and this isn't the time. There will come a time. But we have so shaped um, scripture, particularly, to try and explain our negative experience, why people aren't healed. And it's, it's just wrong. It's a lie that we've... We've believed just to try and explain why things don't happen. That's not for now. <laughs> Galatians 2.20. Now, this verse, um, oh, my word. This has really knocked my socks off. So, I have been crucified with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If we lived by that scripture, I've been crucified, I no longer live, but he lives in me. I'm in the flesh, I'm here, but actually it's by faith I'm living utterly clothed in Christ and faith is important and I do think that faith we sometimes skirt around faith because of particularly when we're talking about healing because of pastoral concerns but faith is a big deal it's important to God we can't please him without it um, one quick other example I'm running out of time I'm aware so um, probably, well, a very long time, up until about um, 14 years ago, I believed I didn't hear from God. Now, now, bearing in mind I've been a Christian as long as I can remember, I literally didn't believe I heard from him. I knew that Philly, my wife, heard really clearly. So if I wanted to know what God was saying, I would ask her to ask him and then tell me. <laughs> but how many of us, I mean, we know this, don't we now? I mean, it's taken me all that time to realize, of course he speaks to me. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. But I was believing my feelings. And I was literally speaking this out over myself. Okay, this, this one might mess with you a bit. I want to um, just chuck out there and put a question mark against ministry. We love to minister, don't we, and have ministry. Galatians 5.1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. And what is the yoke of slavery? It is. It's the old us. Too. It's stepping back into the old us. It's like, it's like um, filling the old wineskin with new wine. So if Christ has set us free, we are free. 
If the old us is dead, we are dead. And yet, how often do we take something from our past, and we all have challenges that you know we've grown up with, some awful experiences, etc., etc., and we'll come forward for ministry time, time again because there's just another layer we need to deal with. There's just another layer. I know this, <laughs> I know this is. But I'm just putting it out there just to ask the question. Are we, are we, is that old us dead or not? Do we keep bringing the old us into the present? And is it our focus, our attention is on the issues of our past rather than who we are now and who the answer is? Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, again, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. I mean, it keeps coming time and time again. Put off the old self, the old us. Step into who we are when we give our lives to Jesus. So I get out of bed in the morning, or you get out of bed in the morning, just feeling a bit low. Or anxiety's coming, or depression. I just It's in our family line, there's just depression. Or I'm feeling lonely, or I've got a fear of death. How many Christians fear death? That's not to put anything on people, but I always, I always slightly scratch my head with that. I, don't, I genuinely don't understand why Christians fear death. Or a fear of illness. People get so frightened of, of becoming ill. But the root of those things is generally fear. Now, the thing is, these feelings... It's not that we deny them. They are facts. You know, they, they feel very real, don't they? So they are, they are real. They're a fact. But facts change. Truth doesn't. So when we apply truth to those facts, they change. So, I mean, I, for years, would lack com- I lacked confidence. I was incredibly shy. I know that's hard to believe. <laughs> I used to feel I was... Stupid, fake, and insignificant. Are those things true? 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, and again, oh my goodness, the word of God. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of mighty, dynamous, dynamous, explosive, dynamite power, agape, self-giving love, sophromismo, Discipline, sound mind, self-control. That's what we carry. That's what he gets. It wasn't fear. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of mighty power, self-giving love, and soundness of mind. So every time those feelings try to attach themselves from the old you, we declare truth on them. Mm-hmm. 
So some people might say, but hang on, God gave us feelings. You know, they can't be all bad. And, and they're not all bad. But God didn't give us those feelings and emotions that we grew up with. Let me say that again. God didn't give us those feelings and emotions that we grew up with. Those feelings and emotions we inherited from Adam. And they're based on a self-centered foundation. So we all know you don't need to teach a child to be selfish. You put two children or three children together and one of them's got the toy and the other ones want to play with the toy. You know, they just know. You're not, no, it's mine. And we don't go to school to learn to be jealous. That is all born from Adam. And that was our inheritance. But when we gave our life to Jesus, who is the second Adam, our emotions and feelings, etc., should emanate from being clothed in him, from who he is, literally born again, literally made new. So we might also say, hang on, sounds good, but how do we do it? That's, that's impossible. How do we live that way? Well, Jesus did it, and he lives in us. And the Christian life is a supernatural life. So we can't do it. We can't muster it up uh, on our own, ourselves. But we are called to believe who he is. Grace makes it possible. And when you wrap faith, which is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, when you wrap faith around truth... Grace makes truth our reality. And God gets the glory. So if I wake up feeling just bleh, I've got to face another day. I've got to go to work. I'm hating my work. I'm going to activate faith, declare my thanks for the grace that I'm rooted and grounded in love, thank you, and that the fruits of the Holy Spirit flow in me and bring my feelings into line with heaven's truth by declaring truth in faith. So, I'm going to wrap up. Few more scriptures. John 8, 12. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, walks not in darkness, but will have the light of life. 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellences of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Ephesians 5, 8, 4. At one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Matthew 5, 14. You are the light, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Matthew 5, 16. Let your light shine before others. So we're created in his image, for his image. 
And what does that look like? God's image. I've often wondered this. What does his image look like? Well, 1 John 4 tells us God is love. That's his image. We're created for his image and his kingdom. It's not about mustering things up. Because if we do that, we're relying on self. We're not seated in him, being clothed in who he says we are. It's about renewing our minds and our imaginations, having faith, just believing. And again, it's not mustering up faith, but it's having faith in his faith. It's having faith in who he is. And allowing that truth, which is Jesus, to rise. Die to self, being raised and clothed in him. And live from that place. We're designed to shine. Amen. Thank you, Patrick. Um,